Hello guys, welcome back to my podcast. I am your host, Riley Cool. On today's edition, we are going to be talking about Monday Night Raw, June 4th, 2018's edition. Um, and honestly, I have no idea what WWE is doing nowadays. They seem to be all over the place. And this Monday Night Raw was was quite boring for the last couple of months monday night raw has been luck um, luster it hasn't been anything entertaining and i'll say probably the most entertaining part of monday night raw has probably been either um braun Strowman or seth rollins being in a match because the past couple of months seth rollins has been incredible inside the ring i have to say that he's been absolutely great inside the ring so this monday night roll we kick off with elias and you know i'm not the biggest fan of elias but elias is very good in the ring he's not very no, not very very good but he's pretty good in the ring his mic skills his movement everything's amazing i just can't stand the singing I just can't deal with the singing. It always gets on my nerves. And I was just, the minute Monday Night Raw started and started with him, that just threw me off because I was like, why? I'm just tired of it. But then Seth Rollins comes out and I'm like, oh, great. And last week, Elias hit Seth Rollins with the guitar. So Seth is a little banged up. That's what they're going by. And he comes in. And then they have a confrontation. And then Jinder Mahal comes from behind, attacks him. And then things happen. Roman comes out there. There's a whole breakdown. And then Vince, not Vince, but Kurt, makes a match between Elias, Jinder versus Seth and Roman. Which was a okay match. Okay match. But the ending saw Elias pinning Seth Rollins. And I see where they're going with this to make Elias seem more of a threat to Seth Rollins' Intercontinental Championship. But at this point, we all know that Seth is not losing the Intercontinental Championship just like that. In just a couple of months, with the role that he's been on, I think the goal is have Seth keep the title, be a fighting champion. Because that's what we need right now, since the World Heavyweight Championship is completely dead we need a fighting champion and that's seth rollins it's not going to be a lie so having seen someone defend the championship every single week will be amazing and that's seth and i think there's a thing with dean ambrose coming later and being a heel which would be exciting for them to twist and then go back and forth so i didn't like the fact that elias pinned Seth Rollins because Seth has been on such a roll and has been winning his matches consistently that this right here hurts the momentum that they are building for Seth because he to me Seth still needs that win even though he's gone over with the crowd which nowadays is hard for a babyface to get over with the crowd because the crowd have gotten to this point where they just pretty much boo everyone whether you are face whether you are heel they just boo you for booing sake and i don't understand what's happening in general but he's gotten over with the crowd as a face and it's beautiful like honestly no other face in the company has gotten over with the crowd the way seth has gotten over without being booed every single week i probably the only other person will be um daniel bryan those are the two people that don't get booed when they come into the arena, which is incredible for babyface 
of today, which is weird to say that baby faces are getting booed. It's just weird to say. So I think this was a bad call that Elias shouldn't have won. One, I thought um, have um, Roman pin gender. That would have been better. Or gender pin Roman instead. Have gender pin Roman instead to keep Seth from being pinned. So Seth can still have that clean, clean slate of not being pinned at all. So then there's this backstage thing with Naya. They're talking about Naya taking on um, Natty. So then the next match was Kurt Hawkins versus James Harden. And Kurt has been on 199 losing streak. I, I, I still don't even know how that happened. But he lost by disqualification from Baron Corbin. And really, I don't even know... Why they brought Baron Corbin to Raw? I think Baron Corbin should have stayed on um, SmackDown. I think he would have had a better opportunity on SmackDown than on Raw because you have all these big, big guys on Raw from Roman to Braun to Brock to Seth. I don't know when they think they're going to be able to push um, Baron Corbin the way they are planning to push him when you have Raw stacked up to the brim with all these big big names already there so i don't understand why baron came in general his his character to me has been boring i am not the biggest fan but he's just been boring his character has always been boring to me and and honestly in honesty i don't know what's up with this whole Kurt and Stephanie thing. It's it seems like it's a stupid thing that's going absolutely nowhere with people going behind Kurt and complaining to Stephanie and then Stephanie giving them the opportunity. So my thing is why is Kurt even the general manager in general? Like I don't know if they are setting up some type of match where Triple H will be involved and have Triple H versus Kurt Angle at some point. I don't know what the, where the storyline is going in general, but it seems pointless to me. And now you have Baron Corbin, who is now the so-called new constable for Monday Night Raw and, her, uh, and Stephanie's personal representative and to look after the works that Kurt Angle is doing and I'm like again what's the purpose of Baron doing that Baron is a wrestler that's what he needs to be doing he needs to be wrestling inside the damn ring he shouldn't be some constable and representative like that doesn't even fit the whole Baron Corbin character Baron Corbin's character is like a modern day terrible horrible Stunk old Steve Austin, where he doesn't give a damn about anybody. That's the character of Baron Corbin. So my thing is, why is he even being a constable? That made no sense. When I saw it, I was just confused in general about this whole thing. But who knows what WWE is doing at this point and where they're going with this at this point. But whatever. Um, Our next match, the next match going that saw the Raw Women's Champion, Nia Jax, Go one-on-one with Natalia for the first time ever. And, you know, on June 17th, Monday night, um, Money in the Bank, um, you'll be having Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship, which I say is too early to have 
Ronda Rousey challenge for the Raw Women's Championship or the Women's Championship in general. And it's her first singles match. But who knows what they are doing. Whatever this is going to lead to. That's Okay, we'll see. I just think that she needed to have more single matches. I think this Money in the Bank, what they could have done is set her up with Mickey James. Because they seem to have been doing something with her and Mickey James when Mickey attacked her and then she went inside the ring. I think that have been a good opportunity for for Ronda to learn in the ring with someone like Mickey. Mickey has been doing this for over 20 years. So I think that would have been a good opportunity to lead up to that so Ronda can learn more in the ring because we know she's we we saw her at WrestleMania and how quickly she's adapted to the wrestling style and we know that it's going to take more practice so I don't think she should have been women she should be challenging for the women's championship in general and in actual fact I think Nia should be holding the championship a little bit longer I think Nia should hold the championship all the way to SummerSlam that's just me because Nia has always been built as this monster and you can't have her win the women's championship and then lose it in less than 100 days, pretty much. You you can't have that. She needs to be holding the championship from WrestleMania all the way to SummerSlam and then you set up that Ronda versus her match. So the setting up would be Ronda is this unstoppable woman who's just breaking arms and then Nia is also this unstoppable force she's known as the uh, irresistible force so you have this women's champion that is just running through every competitor on pay-per-view on monday night and on live events and then you have ronda doing the same have her wrestle on raw have a wrestler pay-per-views. She started wrestling at live events. Have that plan. Then at SummerSlam, you have these two incredible forces. You have the irresistible force versus the baddest woman on the planet. And in the last couple of months, both of them have been on a roll on just decimating the opponents. Then the match would have been more of an of something more exciting because even though it's exciting because it's Ronda's first match, it's still not that there because they haven't booked um, Nia to be just a destructive force since she won the women's championship in general. But we all know that Ronda is going to win the championship at uh, Money in the Bank. My only problem is we don't need another Brock Lesnar type situation. Because we all know that Ronda is going to be showing up on Raw. But my thing is, even though she's going to be showing up on Raw, which is more than Brock does, I want her to be fighting. You know, I want to see the women's champion fighting, if not the title on the line on Raw, but just her being in matches, being in tag team matches so we can see the presence of the women's champion wrestling in general. But we already have the world champion on Raw who doesn't show up. Pisses me off. And then you're about to have the women's champion who doesn't wrestle on Raw. She just wrestles on pay-per-views. I'm like, what are you doing? You're pretty much going to have one champion on Raw. And then they wonder why SmackDown is doing better. Because SmackDown are utilizing all their champions. Utilizing every single one of them. And Raw is completely not doing that, which sucks. It really, it really sucks and makes no sense. And in this match in general, I don't know what they were doing here when um, Natty seemed to have hurt herself and then Naya was being compassionate and caring. That's not what Naya should have done because Naya is the heel in this 
uh, 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 in this scenario, she shouldn't have cared. She should have attacked Natty whilst Natty's down there. And then Rhonda should have come into the ring. Or what they could have done is have Rhonda come into the ring, check up on Natty. And then Naya attacks both Rhonda and Natty in the ring, setting her up as this dangerous um, force that Rhonda is going to have to deal with because she's attacked Rhonda and left Rhonda laying in the middle of the ring and Natty laying in the middle of the ring. That's a huge statement because Natty is a veteran and then Rhonda is the baddest woman. She has both of them laying in the middle of the ring with a potential hurt Natty that she's hurt. And then you have this Rhonda. This sets up a perfect scenario as how dangerous Naya is for Rhonda to be stepping inside the ring, which, which would be even more entertaining. And I think that's what everybody was looking to see if that was going to happen when they confronted each other in the in the ring last night, but nothing happened. And then Naya goes back there to check on Natty again in the back. And I'm like, completely who wrote this because it's completely stupid. That was completely stupid. The heel shouldn't give a damn what he he or she does to their opponent. All they know is they got the win and they beat the hell out of them. Plain and simple. That's what the heel should be doing in that match. But, you know, who knows what, you know, it's, I don't know what they're doing anymore. It's just, it's just, I, I, I honestly don't know. Don't know what WWE is doing lately. They've been crazy. So then we had, um, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Roode, which this match was interesting. It was it was interesting match in general because Braun Strowman is so freaking over. It's ridiculous. And not that many times you have monsters, big guys like that over. Ridiculous like that. Like not even the big show was that over. I think the only big guy like that that was over beyond anybody like that was Andre the Giant. Not the big show was not over like that. Yokozuna was not over like that. Um who else? Um Vader was not over like that. Um Big Daddy V was not over like that. Mark Henry was not over like that. But Braun Strowman has become so over it's ridiculous. I think he's the most over person on Raw. And it's entertaining. Every time he gets into the ring, it's just incredible what he can do. But he impressed me when he crushed a ladder with his two bare hands. And the the expression on Bobby Roode's face when that happened was like, holy shit. I'm about to be broken in half. That moment in the match was absolutely incredible. And it needed to happen because then in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God. What is going to happen at Money in the Bank with him and a ladder? If he can break a ladder like that, what will happen if he uses a ladder? So now I started imagining everything Braun could do with a ladder. And then I started imagining what would happen if he climbed the ladder? Would he break the ladder by climbing the ladder? Which means it makes it impossible for him to get the money in the bank because he can't climb it. Because every time he climbs it, he breaks it. It 
creates this whole scenario in my head for Braun. And it was just exciting. But, you know, in the end, Braun won with a running power slam. Which a lot of people don't like him using that finisher. But in actual fact, I actually like him using this finisher because at the beginning they were they've been trying to figure out what finisher he would he would do. You know, he was doing the reverse choke slam and he was doing some other various finishers. But I'm happy with the running power slam because you know it's very few people that can do the power slam and make it look devastating. But when Braun does it, it looks devastating, which is all we want. And it's like Mark Henry doing the world's strongest slam. If anybody else did the world's strongest slam, it just looked like a regular slam. But when Mark Henry did it, he is just this big, huge dude that picks you up and just slams you on the mat with all force and all his energy. And it looked devastating. That's the same thing with the run and power slam from Braun Lesnar. Brock, <laughs> Braun Lesnar. Brock Strowman and... I like that. I like that he's using that. Um, he's using that. But this raw just seemed to be dragging along and um, not going anywhere much. But, you know, it's just whatever. But then back into the ring, you had Renee Young introduce Mark Hardy, uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. To me, at this point, my favorite two tag teams in general because Matt Hardy's woken gimmick it's so stupid that it's like clever it's like it's so stupid that it shouldn't get over as much as as it has gotten over not just in WWE but all around the world like it shouldn't have gotten over the way it did but it's so over it's ridiculous like I'm like, I don't think anybody else could have played the Woken gimmick better. What would have made this even much, even better is if he had Jeff Hardy as Brother Nero. That would have completed this whole trifecta. But in honestly, I love this The Leaders of World, this Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt thing. It's it's so interesting and it's so amazing. And I love, love, love it. I am enjoying them. I really am enjoying them. And it sees Matt Hardy coming out of the shadows of Jeff Hardy, which is great because all along, Matt Hardy has always been one of my favorite wrestlers. I love his finisher, The Twist of Faith. He's always been one of my um, favorite wrestlers. Like, I knew of Matt Hardy before I knew much of Jeff Hardy because when I started really, really watching wrestling in depth, they they had both gone to their singles career style. You know, Matt Matt was doing more of the cruiserweights and I was watching a lot more SmackDown and Jeff was mainly on run. I was watching a lot of SmackDown. So I got to see Matt Hardy more. I remember his old theme when it started, oh yeah. I remember all those moments. Oh my God. Ah, uh, I am um, taking me back in the day was wrestling was actually fun. Nowadays it's so predictable. It's crazy. But, you know, they had a number one battle royal tacting to see who was going to be the number one contenders for um, 
the Raw Tag Team Championship at, I think, Money in the Bank. They haven't announced it yet. And it was the Revival versus the Ascension versus Heath Slater and Rhino versus Breezango versus Titles Worldwide versus the B Team versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Now, before I go on, I just want to talk about Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. And um, to me, Drew McIntyre is hands down going to be a universal champion. If not by the end of this year, sometime next year, that man is going to become universal champion. Because I have watched the stuff he did on the indie scene after he left WWE the first run. And God, that man, he's really, he's really what you call an improvement. They talk about Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal is still boring. Let's be honest. He is still the same old boring dude. He just he just put on more muscle. He's just more defined, but he's still boring in the ring. But Drew McIntyre, he put on muscle. He got faster. He's gotten dangerous. And he's gotten so much better in the ring. It's ridiculous. Oh, my it's ridiculous, and I watch his stuff back there from um, from Defiant Wrestling and watch, watch Culture Pro Wrestling, and his matches are just incredible and ridiculous. And then his NXT run, which to me was sad that he didn't hold the championship long enough. I think he should have held the title a little bit longer, but all of it has been incredible. And so far, him coming on Raw, I like where the I like what they are doing with him. That he doesn't do much talking, and he just has this mean look. He just looks like a bad guy that would just beat you up. He makes. His, he, he, he makes his character believable. And every time I hear those backpipes, I'm like, oh, I think of Fit Finley because Fit Finley was one of the guys you just hear. My name is Finley and I love to fight. You just hear that. You know that it's not going to be good. You know, he's just coming to the ring to beat somebody's ass. And that's Drew McIntyre. And I love what they have done with him. And um Dolph Ziggler and going into this match I knew that the B team was going to win but I kind of wanted Dolph and Drew to win because to me they are more of they are more of the team that it's like more would be more of a threat to Matt and Bray than the B team in general I think they are but it was it was actually interesting that they got eliminated first but then it turned around, they attacked everybody in the ring and they showed that they are like a team that everybody needs to put their eye on. So I'm keeping an eye on what WWE does with Dolph and Drew. But the tag team match was what it was and the B team eventually won. Um, I'm not like everybody's into the B team. I'm really not into the B team like that, but um We'll see what happens at, I guess, Money in the Bank. I'm not sure if that's where they're going to be battling for the title. It has not been said yet, but we'll see. Next, we had the Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn um, response thing. And when Bobby Lashley was coming back to WWE, everybody was excited because we saw what he did when he left WWE. We saw what he did when he went to TNA. He literally helped TNA a lot because TNA was down in the slumps. And then Bobby came and became this 
like the he became like the Brock Lesnar version of TNA where he was running through everybody and just beating everybody and winning championships after championships. So everybody was excited because they're like, oh, you have the Dominator versus the Beast. That's an amazing combination. So everybody's mindset was, oh, we are going to have Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar down the line. And then Bobby Lashley comes back. Everybody's excited. And it's like they've gone nowhere with him. So everybody's back down to like, oh, so they're doing nothing with Bobby Lashley. So why is he here? I would prefer for him to stay at TNA and still decimate everybody because at this point, it's like, what are they going to do with him? What is the plan of having Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley in WWE? What's the plan? I'm like, I don't think it's going to be Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam because that's when Brock is supposed to defend the title. I think we are going to get Brock versus Roman Reigns again. I know you don't like it. I'm not a fan of it, but it looks like that's what's probably going to happen at some point. But this whole feud between Bobby and Sami Zayn, it started off interesting, but it's just gone downhill because there's been too much talking and not enough physicality in this feud. That's why nobody's caring about this feud. It would be more if Bobby came out and decimated Sami Zayn and didn't talk to me I think Bobby should be like Brock Lesnar where he doesn't talk he just comes into the ring and beat the hell out of you and just walk out that's how they should book Bobby Lashley book him more as a dangerous threat and not just any other regular superstar that's not what he should be booked like if he's booked as someone who's supposed to be facing Brock at SummerSlam, because I think it's between him and Roman Reigns, which I think is going to be Roman. But if he's booked as someone who's supposed to be facing Brock Lesnar sometime down the line for the Universal Championship, he should be booked as someone that doesn't talk. First of all, he has everything you need. He was in MMA. Perfect. Brock Lesnar was in MMA. He is huge and big. Perfect. Brock Lesnar is huge and big. If you put Brock and Bobby in front of each other and you are like, oh, he look, Bobby looks more of like a threat to Brock Lesnar than Roman Reigns does to Brock Lesnar. So you have him as someone who doesn't speak, come out there and beat the hell out of everybody and just walk out. That's perfect. And on top of that, you have him from the in the U.S. Marine. He was in the army. You have him as part of, he was in the army. You have the storyline in there of how disciplined he is and how he just goes in and does what he needs to do and walk out. That's much more of a solid, solid threat to Brock Lesnar than having Roman Reigns again. So I just think this whole feud has just been too much talking and not enough beat down. That's why nobody's invested in this because every time Sammy, Sammy comes out there, Sammy talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. And this whole segment dragged on too long. It dragged on too long to the point where I literally stopped paying attention to it until I heard Bobby song again. I was like, oh, I guess they're over. Like it just. Yeah, I didn't care much for this. I didn't care. I'm sorry. I just I didn't care it's sad you know when tna knows what to do with a big dangerous guy 
that could be more of a threat than the actual than WWE that have been doing this for like 30, 40 years. If T- TNA knows what to do with Bobby Lashley, than what WWE knows what to do. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm like, what are y'all doing? They're taking Bobby Lashley to just the way he was when he came. When he first was in WWE, I think the most exciting thing Bobby, to me, did in WWE was his match against Umaga at uh, uh, um, WrestleMania 23. That's the most exciting thing. Like, I didn't even know Bobby Lashley was United States champion. That's how much they didn't put effort into Bobby Lashley that I had no idea he was United States champion. I just knew he was ECW champion at some point. That's all I knew, pretty much. That's that's pretty much it. And then um, moving along, then we go backstage and, you know, there's this Jinder Mahal and uh, Roman Reigns thing and then there's the whole fight thing and then they get pulled apart and all the stuff. I just want to talk about Roman Reigns for a minute. I I actually like Roman Reigns to uh, 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 not to, to like just whatever. I actually like Roman Reigns. I don't know why. I understand that he's being shoved down our throats. That's for sure. I understand that that they've given him so much opportunities that other people could have been getting to, not just him. And they're trying to make him like the next John Cena, which is ridiculous because you can't make him the next John Cena. John Cena was John Cena. Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan. Stone Cold was Stone Cold. You can't if you if you realize what they are doing is they are not making him the next John Cena. They are making him the next Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Stone Cold, The Rock combined. If you realize all the characters these people had, you had John Cena, who was always in the big fight field, Roman Reigns. You had Stone Cold. Who just didn't give a damn about anybody and just went out there and beat whoever was put in front of him. Roman Reigns. You had Hulk Hogan who was this big dude that always got his way and always got the big matches and always trying to spread the positivity even though some people didn't like him. Roman Reigns. You had The Rock who was just electrifying when his music hit. He was just entertaining in the ring and all the hoopla stuff. They are trying to make that Roman ring. So they are trying to put four different wrestlers combined into one superstar, which is not working. They need to make Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. And I was listening to, uh, um, I think, a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about how Roman Reigns, how the uh, uh, the the whole Samoan family are trained. They are always trained as um, heels and not faces. The Rock is the only one that transitioned more into a face than any of them. If you realize pretty much all the Samoans, if you realize whenever they played faces, they couldn't play well until they played heels. Like, for example, Nia Jax, when she played a face, not so well. But when she plays a heel, she's perfect as a heel. Just perfect. Look at the Usos. Usos, when they play face, they are good as faces. But when they played heels, they were absolutely incredible in the ring each time. Each time. They are the reason why the SmackDown Tag Team Championship has become an important tag team championship. Because for the longest time, 
the Raw Tag Team Championship was important than the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Let's be honest. But they've made the SmackDown Tag Team Championship important. And it's the same thing with Roman Reigns. I don't know why they keep trying to pull Roman Reigns as a face. Everything Roman Reigns does is as a heel. And I think the fans will be more behind Roman Reigns if he was a heel than he is a face. Because every move he does, he's cocky, he's arrogant, he walks like he owns the plane. That's all the trait of a freaking heel. So I still don't know why they keep trying to push him as a face when he really isn't playing the face character. He's more of a heel character, but whatever they are doing with him. But I actually like him because in the ring, he's put on some pretty good matches. Not the best matches, but he's put on some pretty good matches and... He's, he's, he's got, he's, I like Roman Reigns. I do. I do like Roman Reigns. I really, really do like Roman Reigns, but whatever. So then we have Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks versus, uh, no, we have Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Amber Moon versus the uh, Ruby, um, Riot Squad. I'm so bored of this Riot Squad, honestly. I think Sarah Logan should go back to NXT. I don't think she was ready to be called up. Um... Liv Morgan, I haven't seen much wrestling, much of Liv Morgan. It's mainly Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan that wrestle most of the time. Liv Morgan doesn't, I don't see her wrestle that much. But I don't think those two are ready to come up. I think Nikki Cross should be coming, should come up. Hell, Kyrie Sane should come up. And I know she just got to WWE, but she is, she is much better in the ring than Pretty much half of the entire roster in NXT. Plain and simple. Plain and simple and that in general. So I don't know why those two are up, but the Riot Squad, they just bore me. Literally, they have been boring. There's nothing exciting about them anymore. Well, there was nothing really ever exciting about them in general. There, there was nothing really exciting about them, but whatever. Um, I knew Alexa wasn't really going to be in this match long because she doesn't care. So she just left them. And this match just ended up weird with having... Bailey come into the match because Alexa left them backstage and then Bailey runs into the match and she gets tagged and I'm like how is that even legal I know in the end they talked about it backstage and said that that couldn't be right so the riot squad won but first of all that shouldn't that shouldn't have even be legal the minute that she got into the ring and hit Sarah Logan, the referee should have rang the bell and disqualified the match. Whether he knew or not, he knew or not that she was going to be in the match. He should have canceled. That should have been this. Uh, 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 he should have even counted one, two, three. He should have disqualified the match. So that to me was stupid, and I don't know where they are going with this whole thing because you know at the beginning of this whole Sasha. Um, and Bailey think they had something going there. You know, it started way back when Alexa was champion. Way, 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 way back when Alexa was champion. I think this started around, um, I think, Great Balls of Fire. This was right before. No, this started before SummerSlam when Bailey got injured. So you are talking about almost a year of having these two going back and forth, which... At this point, I'm like, just just shut the feud off and call it a day because they had something going. They could have had this two 
in a match at WrestleMania. They could have had three women matches at WrestleMania. And we know how well Sasha and Bayley are in the ring. You look at their NXT matches. Each one of them was were great. Their NXT matches, amazing. The Iron Woman match and other matches, the main event match that they had, all of them were amazing. So I don't know what WWE were doing, what Vince is doing. It's, I just think Vince just should just sit back and get let Triple H handle everything because we've already seen what Triple H has done with um, the Cruiserweights division and the Cruiserweight division every week pretty much. There's one match that they have on the Cruiserweights, uh, um, 205 Life, that's amazing. Like last week, yeah, Cedric versus um, Buddy Murphy, and that match was incredible. Beautiful match. It was, I was really hooked onto the match. It, it got to the point I didn't know who was going to win the match, but that's, that's how wrestling should be. It shouldn't be so predictable about everything, but everything has become predictable, and this feud just died off. I think they should just cancel this feud and just call it, you know, call it the day and move on and all whatever. So then um, come back, you had the big show come come for the first time. Um, I hadn't seen big show in so long. I hadn't seen him in so long, but that was that. So next week, there's going to be Sasha versus Amber versus Alexa versus Natalia. Um, I don't know what's the purpose. I don't know what the purpose of that is for that um, fatal four-way match. And I think next week also you have um, Finn versus Braun versus Bobby versus Kevin again. So I don't know what those two matches are to be. But then you have Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens. And I have had a problem since Finn Balor came back because Vince refuses to push Finn Balor because he says Finn Balor is not over enough. And to me, Finn Balor has been over since he came to the WWE in general. He's been freaking over. So I don't know what Vince, I don't know if Vince can't hear or he can't see, but whatever Vince is doing, because to me in general, I think at WrestleMania, Finn should have won the Intercontinental Championship. Even though I'm happy that Seth won, I think, to me, I think Vince should have won the, um, no, I think Finn should have won the championship because he needs the belt more than Seth Rollins does. Because Seth is already a two-time WWE champion, a former tag team champion, former Money in the Bank winner, former um, United States champion. He's the first ever... um, some uh, first ever WWE um, United States champion champion simultaneously holding both titles. So I think Balor needed this title more than Finn, um, more than Seth did. But for what it's worth, I love the motivation that title has given Seth and he's given us so many great matches. So whatever. But in this Money in the Bank, I don't know who I'm rooting for. I'm kind of rooting for Finn Balor in general. At this point, I kind of am rooting for him because he needs it. To me, he needs it. He needs it a lot more. Because if you look over on SmackDown, I think the SmackDown, you have Samoa Joe, The Miz, a member of New Day, and one more person I can think of. 
I really can't think of that one more person. I'm really trying to think of the other person. I can't think of the other person. I can't think of the other person. But if you look over, um, I would say on SmackDown, it will be more of Samoa Joe to get the money in the bank. But at the same time, I don't think Samoa Joe needs the money in the bank to challenge for the WWE Championship. It's Samoa Joe. He's going to challenge for the WWE Championship at some point very soon. We all know that if... um, AJ Styles wins at Money in the Bank, which I don't think he is. But if he wins, that's a match set up between AJ and Samoa. They've had some pretty amazing matches in TNA. So, incredible. If um, Shinsuke Nakamura wins, that's also an amazing match set up. Because they've already had amazing matches in NXT. So, it's like, either way they can go, Samoa Joe can get either opponent. But for... Finn, but for Raw, I'm rooting for Finn Balor because he needs it more than anybody else. Same thing with Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman doesn't need the money in the bank to challenge for the title. He can pretty much get inside the ring and yell for it and get it. Or he can attack everybody and eventually get the title match. So I'm rooting for Finn Balor in general. But this main event was a luckluster main event. It wasn't as entertaining as I thought it was going to be. It was too many holds and too many counters and all the extra hoopla and all the stuff. But it was exciting when I saw um, Finn go up all the way to the top rope and then do his coup de grace on um, Kevin Owens. Um, that was a cool sight to see. That was pretty good to see. And then he held the um, he took the money in the bank off and he held it all of his over his head. Um, I just hope Vince really pushes um, Finn. But all in all, this raw um, which took place in Houston, this Raw in general was just like every other Raw in the past couple of months. It was distracting. It wasn't engaging. It wasn't as entertaining as entertaining in general. I was just, I didn't pay much attention to it. Like, I was watching it on my phone whilst I was playing on my iPad, not even paying much attention to the matches until I heard something crazy go on then I'd watch but either way it's it wasn't it didn't start off the best and it didn't end off the best it was just there it was just it, it felt like they just threw that whole episode together just that morning when they got into the arena they threw everything together that morning and it's not making it exciting to even watch money in the bank because none of the matches have really been exciting except pre except maybe the ronda rousey nia jacks match which even that in itself is not being booked properly properly but either way this role was was a d a d in general it was a d um they tried and didn't do much with it. So this role was a D. Um, so that's it for this episode. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Riley Cool. That is at R-I-L-Y-K-H-U-L. At Riley Cool on Twitter. And let me know what you thought of this Monday Night Raw. 
I will be watching SmackDown today for sure. And maybe I'll put out a uh, put out another episode Wednesday for SmackDown. But that's it for this week. And again, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Riley Cool. I will talk to you guys later. Goodbye.